you'd be doing wind, windmills, and if it doesn't, if it doesn't blow, you can forget about television for that night. <laughs> Darling, I want to watch television. I'm sorry. The wind isn't blowing. I know a lot about wind. So <laughs> the Trump uh, Trump uh, rallies that he used to be able to do when he had a crowd talking about the wind. You know, darling, I'd like to watch the, to watch television tonight. Is the wind blowing? <laughs> uh, a knock on wind power. And I thought that was, you know, I get your point, but that's... A, no, that is pretty much what's actually happening in the state of California right now. If you don't know this story nationally, they're turning people's power off. I got a warning yesterday that said it might get turned off. Yeah, I did too. Luckily, it didn't. They ended up buying some from some other state, I, I which makes... It clear to me I have no idea how any of this works. Right. That they can late in the day, under a lot of pressure, buy some power from somewhere else and manage to get it and it makes it to my house and now my room. Through refrigerator. the wires. <laughs> Thank you for that. But yeah, the problem- we got some electricity over here. You can have it. But I've, I've, I've read and heard a couple of interviews with various professors and people who, are, who understand this sort of thing in recent days. California went so big with the whole wind and solar thing that now if, uh, you know, uh, one of the professors said, you see, when the sun goes down, you're not producing any solar. Yeah, yeah, we all knew that. That's one of the downsides (laughs) of solar, the whole thing. And when the wind's not blowing, you see, you're not producing power. And we haven't come up with a way to fill in those gaps. Well, come up with a way to fill in those gaps before you go wind and solar right. so that you don't turn off people's electricity when it's 100 degrees outside. Yeah. Good God. Well, it this whole thing reminds me of how nature causes crop failure, but politics cause famine. Um, famines are always political. There's always food that can be gotten to the people. It's just not gotten to the people. And, uh, you know, nature can cause a drought, but it's lack of water storage that causes a water shortage. And Cal Unicornia has both been so terribly mismanaged. The Public Utilities Commission is crooked, has been for a long time. They're in bed with the biggest utility. It's certainly not the only one, but uh, PG&E, which is still, we, we got an anonymous email saying they are still blatantly dishonest about what they're doing. They lie to the judge, uh, oh, the whole fires thing and repairing their lines. It's just, it, it it's so cronied up. Cal Unicornia. It is so cronied up. Things as basic as you have electricity are now failing. But, but, because people hated George W. Bush and the, the war in Iraq specifically, and they hate Donald Trump, they will continue to vote Democrat until Cal Unicornia falls apart. So, reading from the NBC affiliate in Sacramento, California, how does California, the epicenter of technology, find itself unable to generate enough power to meet demand? We've been wrestling with this idea of trying to transition to an electricity system that's heavily dependent on renewable energy, said Jim Bushnell, an economics professor at UC Davis. Yeah, wrestle that to the ground before you switch over to wind and solar, all right? Is California too heavily dependent on solar energy, they ask? I wouldn't say we've got too much solar. We have not enough other resources. If you don't have enough of the other, you've got too much of this. That's the way ratios work. You need you need enough to 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 fill in the gaps at least until at least until you get enough solar and wind. Yeah. You got to. Well, it's there not is an plenty option. of solar. There's pl- in fact California has so much solar it sometimes pays other states to take its excess supply. So, 
how is there not a system in place where, okay, those other states, because they've shut down so many like gas plants and coal plants and everything in California, that there's nothing for when the sun isn't shining. So how is there it's not like been a, a system worked out? Like a storage problem, right? like a battery or, technology right. thing. Or, or, or a yeah. swapping problem. Right. I mean, California makes so much solar power in the afternoon, it has to pay other states to take that power so everything doesn't melt, I guess, getting back to the technical realities of power grids that, would, frankly, are beyond me. But um, So the idea that, wait a minute, you have a great excess of something sometimes, and a shortage of it at other times. Perhaps we could work something out. I mean, how how do you not do that? See, I, yeah, I because don't, it's cronied up. I don't need to know anything about this. Because I know the one thing that is a, a true fact, as I like to say. In the year 2020, <laughs> you should have electricity at your home. In America. In America. Yes. yes. Pretty much always, except for extreme situations. You know... Lightning hit a tree, it fell over. You don't have it at your house. Sure, of course. But tens of thousands of people not having electricity because, well, we got we got a bunch of solar and we don't have anything to fill up with the gaps when the sun goes down. Then don't do it until you can provide electricity. Don't do it. Mm. It's not an option to not have electricity in the year 2020 in America. That's all you need to know. It's going to be a lot easier, though, for like Sean Penn to adjust to uh, to the socialist paradise of Venezuela if he goes there, though, because they have rolling power blackouts all the time. So it's kind of getting, well, it's getting America used to the socialist paradise way of life. Having university professors basically say what Trump said in that clip. Well, you see, if there's not enough wind blowing or when the sun is down, we're not producing it. Yeah, that and, was and the we knock. we have to put up with having no power. That's as been, if you're a Haitian. That's been the knock from all regular people who like old-timey power against renewable energy. Right. That's that's what we've been complaining about for years. They have no power for hours a day in Beirut, and they're having a revolution. <laughs> It's the Overton window. It's the it's a principle of the Overton window. And for, I was going to say stupid people, uh, pe- no. people that don't think about it as much or are too busy to have to think about it. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be charitable. Thank you. But much better. You've, the, you've grown. The Overton window, the, the, the what is possible, has been moved in the world's home of technology to include, you just don't have electricity sometimes. Because having electricity all the time, that must be something you can't do. Hey, you know, in the rest of the country, lots of first world countries, they have electricity all the time. It's amazing. Every day. <laughs> Just like it's nothing. Right? They have electricity all the time. It's, it's crazy. A, it's amazing. If only we could study how they do it. Yes, Michael. Even on holidays? Even on holidays. That's yes. right, Michael. It's a beautiful <laughs> dream, isn't it? <laughs> Even when it's hot out or the wind stops, they have power. But the government of California has gotten people accustomed to the idea, well, you you can't count on having electricity all the time. That would be weird. Like it's 1940 or or we live in Haiti. Yeah. Well, the... Uh, it's just amazing. Yeah, it's just... At least the taxes are higher than anywhere else in the world. It's it's just so mobbed up. I mean, you, you got a crooked uh, government, crooked public utilities commission... Crooked power companies and, you know, there's constant lawsuits and the rest of it. And there's a giant nuclear power plant, the Diablo Canyon power plant, that's going to be shut down in 2024 and make the situation even worse. And, uh, you know, with all due respect for the concerns of 
places where Cal Unicornians and Chicagoans and New Yorkers are flowing to, and, and you're mad about it and everything, it's you, you got to understand it. Oh, man, it's just, it's a disaster. Honey, can we watch TV tonight? I don't know. Is the wind blowing or is it not? I don't know, darling. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to watch TV, but the wind isn't blowing. Yeah. That's just amazing. Remember, was it last year that we were calling California America's Haiti? Yeah. Yeah. Well. It's time to, uh, time to revive that, apparently. Well. I keep voting for the same party, though. Things will turn around. Oh, boy. It's enough to make you cuckoo. It's enough to make you call you all. It, yeah, it just makes me mad that other people are willing to accept this sort of thing. You're willing to put up with this? You're just, you're just okay with this? Well, yeah, because uh, the, the governor said blah, 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 and they just believe it. Well, they're sheep. Again. Most people are sheep. They, 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 almost all sheep are sheep. But <laughs> m- many, many people all, are sheep. Almost all sheep are sheep? Present company accepted. I mean, y'all are independent thinkers, and God bless you, but uh, yeah. Oh, well, I tell you what, keeps you from getting bored. Um, what are you calling that thing they had last night on all the TV channels? Uh, the Democratic Fancy Zoom Call. <laughs> which <laughs> America's news ninnies are calling the Democratic Convention. Lead story, all the news. The Democratic Convention kicked off last night. It's a freaking Zoom call. <laughs> if it moves a vote in America, I would be shocked. Bernie spoke. Bernie Sanders, have you ever heard him speak? Yes, a hundred times, says everybody. I will watch Biden Thursday night. That's the only. Oh, and John Kasich gave a real stem winder. I mean, it's <laughs> I'll take your word for it. America's greatest orator. <laughs> Mrs. Kasich doesn't care what John Kasich says. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We've got a low light or two. I don't. Who cares? And um, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I there's actually, I think, kind of an interesting angle about the Ellen DeGeneres thing. She's issued yet another tearful apology. About her workplace environment, her cruelty knows no bounds. Well, it's, it's, I think it's kind of interesting. Maybe okay. it's on, you know. I think maybe it's on. Well, it should be interesting to any boss. Yeah, it should be interesting to anybody who's in in any in any management position. Yes, I just hope that the the power stays on so we can continue to broadcast. <laughs> so we'll be back. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This will be the high watermark uh, before the collapse of the Biden-Harris ticket, uh, which I think will collapse and probably by election day will resemble George McGovern in 1972. Uh, Newt Gingrich there predicting a collapse of the Biden-Harris ticket. I don't know that that will happen, but I could actually believe that it's the high watermark and just that... uh, that often happens with candidates. Um, you know, when you when you when you enter is often your high watermark. Sure. Yeah. Yep. The Democratic Convention, which was actually just a slightly fancier than normal Zoom call yesterday, uh, kicked off uh, last night. Which the Republican <laughs> Convention will be the same next week. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll have as little interest in that. Honestly, oh, yeah. I've oh, I've yeah. heard all those people speak plenty. I know I what, know what Scott Bayo thinks. So. Uh, <laughs> I got this from Craig, the healthcare guru, who you've heard many times on the show. Oh, man, an ad popped up and I accidentally touched it. Here we go. Uh, He says, Governor Cuomo kicked off, and this is true, by the way. 
Governor Cuomo kicked off the Democratic National Convention discussing what a successful COVID-19 response looks like. Yeah, I heard him talking about it. I thought, man, that takes... You're drawing attention to the fact that you killed a ton of old people, man. Repeat a lie often enough, and it becomes the truth. I think that's a strategy, but Craig goes on to write, Tonight, O.J. Simpson will cover meaningful anger management tips. Tomorrow, Cardi B. will share her strategy for how a sophisticated lady allures her beau with subtlety and intelligence. And at the week's end, they'll have the entire San Francisco Giants bullpen come in to illustrate how to lock down a game. That is a bitter Giants fan talking about how horrific they are this year. Uh, but, yeah, we get the point. You might as well have O.J. talking about having a happy and healthy marriage. Juice! I'm willing to believe that Governor Cuomo did what everybody thought was the best thing to do at the time, because it was early on. But it killed a lot of elderly people in old folks' homes. Oh, yeah. Well, you can read more about it in his new book on the COVID-19 response that is out in October. He's not right. kidding, folks. No, Cuomo yeah. is writing a book on how great he did with the, with the COVID. I don't doubt that... Four months ago? When was he at his peak? Four or five months ago when he was doing his daily briefing and all the cable channels were taking it and everybody's talking about, why isn't he running for president? Uh, I don't doubt at that moment. Homosexuals, they called themselves. He and some book publisher thought, oh, we got to get a book out. Yeah. Uh, That is, yeah, it it does not work now. Um, Interesting. So, I don't know if you've been following the Ellen DeGeneres thing, and I don't blame you if you're not, but she's got a daily TV show. It's one of the most popular shows in America. She makes gazillions of dollars. Yeah, you want to get rich, do a dumb daytime syndicated show. I still want to do a judge show. There's already a Judge Joe, so I'll have to do, come up with a different name, but I'm very judgmental. I think I could be good at it. Ellen is huge. I mean, she is she is a big deal in television. And uh, somehow the news broke, what, several weeks ago that it's a, a mean workplace and all these things about her. And then I remember Brad Garrett, the older brother from Everybody Loves Raymond. Everybody Loves Raymond. He tweeted out, it's true. It's all true. Yeah. Uh, everybody hates Ellen. Yeah, um, a number of celebs came out and said, oh, yeah, she's mean as a snake. She really dissed me. And I, I don't have any idea, and I don't particularly care. But Ellen yesterday with, and then she, Ellen has had a number of tearful apologies and statements and videos and that sort of stuff, because she's a super uh, soft, sweet, nice, lefty sort of person that doesn't want anybody to be angry ever. Her thing is be kind. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Maybe just that's to uh, cover up for her wanton cruelty. Well, the only reason I'm reading this is not celebrity gossip, is I think this could be valuable to anybody that's ever in a management position. I've had this happen to me before, I know, and I've barely been in management positions. But Ellen DeGeneres said, for instance, yesterday on her call with new staffers, because a lot of people have quit, but she said she has no idea where the no eye contact rule came from on the set. She says, I have no idea who, who how that got started. I don't know who, who originally said that. But apparently for years, everybody who gets hired there, they tell you, you're not allowed to look at Ellen. She gets very angry if you do that. And she's she finds out about this and says, I have no idea what anybody's talking about. And she, she actually said yesterday, you can look me, look me in the eye, talk to me whenever you want. I'm happy to do it. That's mm. what she says now. Well, she's covering it up. We've had various crazy uh, employees at at times who might have heard, you know, like I could see me saying, man, it, it makes me crazy when everybody's staring at us. Like sometimes people come through the radio ranch and just stare at us through the glass. We're trying to do a show. 
That's distracting. You ever had anybody stare at you? And, you know, you say that, man, that makes me crazy. And, and that person goes off and, and announces, oh, the new, nobody can meet their eye. And, yeah, I can picture that. Oh, I'm, I, two minor examples in my life. I know we've had this problem where we, like, meet with, with sales staffs before. And somebody, you know, there'll be a problem with a client or this, that. Why didn't you talk to us? And somebody will say, well, I was told, you know, we shouldn't get a hold of you directly. What? Who told you that? Right. When did you get that information? That's yeah. that. You know, call us. Stop me in the hall. Talk to us. Whatever. And then I, when I was a program director of a radio station many, many years ago when I was young, uh, a guy quit. He was a part-time guy. Thought we had a perfectly fine relationship. He quit. And he hit me with this this letter about how... Badly he was treated and how evil I was and all these things. I had not the slightest idea that he was even the slightest bit unhappy mm. as, as an employee. And um, just I'm thinking if you're in any kind of management position, you need to have, I don't know, someone you can trust that can fill you in on this stuff. Or I don't know how a you spy. find out. Yes. I mean, because <laughs> that's how you build trust. <laughs> Yes, you could you could have hidden mics at everybody's workstation. You hear this all the time that you need somebody that will tell you what the truth is because, you know, a lot of people won't. A trusted lieutenant. Yeah. Or microphones. But isn't that weird? She has no idea Mm. how that whole don't look at her or talk to her thing got started. But everybody's been living in fear of looking at her for years on the Mm. set. How about That's you step funny. down, retreat to your one of your several mansions, and let somebody else do an idiotic daytime talk show for a little bit? How long do you get to have a vice grip on that time slot? How much money do you need, Ellen? I feel like I'm in prison locked in this house. Remember when she said that? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Nice. Armstrong and Getty. Joe Biden for 30 years. I know Joe is a good man. But Joe Biden told me that he was a good golfer. And I played golf with Joe Biden. I can tell you that's not true, as well as all the other things that he says. That's uh, John Kasich, a former barely Republican governor of Ohio. Two different speeches. One says Joe Biden's a good and decent man. The other, he lies about everything. So. And that was last night versus four years ago. Is that right? 2012. Eight years ago. Right. Yes. Biden wasn't on the ticket four years ago. No. No, indeed. That's just great. So. Well, uh, did you You didn't mention that Kasich did his speech, his little video presentation this time. He was standing at an actual crossroads. I don't know if you picked up on that. I did, I did not. Yeah. Way to take a, a, a bullet for the team and actually watch that, Sean. He was standing <laughs> at a crossroads in case anybody missed the point. It, like all these things, it looked super kind of boomers with tech awkward, right? Like <laughs> it, Boomers with tech awkward. It, it was just him oh, at a field. And it wasn't even really a crossroads. It was just kind of like a point in like a corner of a lawn. You couldn't really see if it was a full-on crossroads, but... It was it was certainly a heavy-handed metaphor that, that it was, was an intersection. Just, <laughs> well, in that closing video of who is that dude? Oh, Billy Porter doing uh, uh, for what it's worth the uh, stop children. What's that sound? Uh, Everybody Stevens, looks what's uh, going down. Buffalo Springfield chestnut. It's a fine song and all, but it was a little tired in 1982. I mean, it's 
It's ancient now, but he does like a music video to it, but it looks like high school AV club. It looks like they got donated a green screen, and they're like, oh, what can we do with this? Right. It's the first thing they did with it. (laughs) Really? So I haven't seen. That's interesting, because I always figured the Democrats are going to be so much better than the Republicans, because they got all the Hollywood people on their side. No, it's it's, it's laughable, that video. I mean, it's silly. Um I think next week's is going to be cringeworthy also. I really expect it to be. What is it? It's a series of Zoom calls. Yeah. Why are we doing this? I don't know. I'm not watching. <laughs> I haven't watched a bit of it, and I won't. No. You got Bernie making an eight-minute speech. So what? Seriously. <laughs> it's, it's the lead story, all the news. The Democratic Convention kicked off. What are you talking about? An old man was on a Zoom call. <laughs> That's it, all that happened. Well, was it a different eight-minute Bernie speech than the one 24 hours earlier on Face the Nation or whatever show he was on? No. Uh, guess which percent he was angry at. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Positive, Sean. I like Bernie fine. I get his message. I don't agree with it, but, uh, you know, he, but he did the same thing on Sunday on a show. Sure. Well, what's special about Talking about, about Joe Biden. Joe Biden had disagreements, but he agrees now. Medicare for all. Justice. He's with me. Who's with me? Vote for him. He says that every day. Who cares? That's the status quo, Joe. Bernard Sanders. (laughs) Bernard Sanders. (laughs) I don't know why that is so funny. I don't either. I don't either, but it's fabulous. The fact that it's Phil Donahue, I don't know. Bernard Sanders. So... There's this uh, Japanese fine dining restaurant in San Francisco name of Hashiri. It's um it's gotten a lot of attention for launching $200 per person meals inside of geodesic domes. They Yes, finally. It, it, this is such a San Francisco story. So because of the vid, you can't have whoops. You can't have uh, in restaurant dining. Gotcha. And so, and, and Hashiri is located, if you know San Francisco near Fifth and Mission, where there's bums and junkies everywhere. During the coronavirus virus pandemic, uh, they had to turn to outdoor dining. Um, but since they're in such a crappy hood, they spent more than $4,000 on these three plastic geodesic domes. Here, Jack, for your uh, benefit. Here's what they look like. We'll post the pictures at armstrongandgetty.com. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay? Cool. Seems muggy. Um, yeah, it's got to be hot in Well, there. they have windows and, and doors, though, that you can have open. Like I order, I, If they got a fajita platter, I'm ordering that. And it just seems like that's going to get all hot and steamy in there. It's a Japanese place. They don't have fajitas. Maybe they should. After attracting news coverage, listen to this, would you? Everybody who doesn't live in a blue, blue, blue place is going to crack up when they hear this. After attracting news coverage, Hashiri received hate mail from people who saw the domes as anti-homeless. <sighs> what does that even mean? It's uh, it's belligerent. It it what it suggests is that what the homeless should not be allowed to hover over you as you eat. Uh yeah. Or we can construct some sort of temporary housing for your overly priced meal sort of thing. I could see that maybe being the argument. It's not a good one, but... Rich are doming themselves to protect themselves from the working people. I need a better spokesperson. Somebody who's better on the mic than that. They all sound like this. So for your homeless person, you'd say, I don't have anywhere to live, but you've got a little place to live in temporarily while you eat your expensive fish. And go on. What's the problem? So crazy. 
So that's why his Shiri manager, Kenichiro Matsuura, suspects someone anonymously complained to the Department of Public Health about the domes, resulting in a surprise visit on Thursday. Ultimately, the officer ordered them to remove the domes due to the enclosed nature of the structure, which may not allow for the particular individual to have adequate airflow, according to the inspection report. They're worried about suffocating their customers? Matsuura says these little domes have two windows and a door. Well, they have plenty of ventilation. But, They're only about eight feet across. Wait, so is he, are they actually worried people are going to suffocate? Well, no. The, I'm a the, grown human. If I start to feel like I'm not getting enough air, I'll figure something out. Well, right. Or, well, it's a vid thing. No, there's not enough ventilation. You might get well, the yeah, vid in Well, yeah, but you're in there with somebody you're with. <laughs> right. The, I'm trying to protect myself from other people. Right. That's the point of it, right? Yes. Okay. Shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> Regardless, he opened, reopened for dinner Friday without the plastic coverings on the domes. But without the coverings, the domes didn't block the wind, cold air, or unwanted visitors as originally intended. Quote, this is the manager again. There are people who come by and spit, yell, stick their hands in people's food. Oh, my Discharging God. fecal matter right by where people Wait are trying second. to eat. Dis- that's a term I've not heard. Discharging fecal matter. Yes. Hmm. Some people call it other things. But it's really it's sick enough. And it's really hard for us to operate around that. Really? Why? In what way? I'm sorry. I'll be right back. I need to discharge some fecal matter. The formerly great city of San Francisco in the formerly great state of California, which used to export engineering expertise, highway and bridge building expertise, greatest university system in the country, the rest of it has now f- fallen to the point there are, there are rolling power blackouts and people crapping on your plate in restaurants. Yeah. And when you try as a restaurant to do something about it, the government says you can't. Waiter, there's a fly in my soup. Oh, you think that's something? <laughs> I tell you why there's a fly in there. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my God. People can't comprehend how crazy things have gotten in the progressive cities of America. I'm going to get it tattooed on me somewhere. On your face like uh, Post Malone. Maybe tramp stamp. There you go. That order without compassion is brutality. Compassion without order is chaos. That's and something. it's an experiment in compassion without order. For the, is it going to be like in a circle around like a dolphin jumping out of the water on the oh. tramp stamp? I'm trying to figure out how Not the tattoo sure. actually looks. Does it have a Betty Dolph- Boop involved? The dolphin. Arguably, you know, California dolphin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But arguably. Yeah. Betty Boop? Seems to be a popular tattoo thing also, I see. <sighs> Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. My uh, my kid got another tattoo. Which my, one? My daughter, Little D. Okay, it's uh, it's literary. Hmm. I don't I don't know if I should talk about it. Hmm. I'm I sure it's it fine. <laughs> oh, shut up! <laughs> I have heard that <laughs> tattoos have a somewhat addictive quality. Like when you get one, yeah, there's an I, urge to keep doing it. I can see how that'd be. You either you either you're either a person that's tattooed or not. Yeah. And once you are, you think, well, okay. It's all, yeah, I also, I, I know this for a fact because I know several people that do this. Um, it's, it satisfies something. Hmm. Um, like, uh, I'm, I'm unhappy right now, so I'm going to shop. I'm unhappy right now, so I'm going to, you know, 
um, uh, have sex, eat, drink, whatever it is people do that, you know. Now, the last three really has my attention. A vice, <laughs> a vice sort of thing. Yes. Tattooing fits into there somewhere. Interesting. I was in the Jamba Juice uh, a couple of days ago with Judy. Guy walks in, got a Harley uh, T-shirt on. I looked out, I didn't see a bike. But um, I love the Jamba Juice. It's um, I, I I would be very large. Actually, I'd be as large as this dude I'm about to talk about if I ate it more than I do. Uh, but he was he had, was tattooed. Every inch that I could see of him was tattooed, including his neck, his face, his bald head. I think his ears may have been tattooed. Hmm. That's a little much, but in general, I got to believe that it's a little disappointing when you're sleeved and you've done everything, you know, for normal society where you still want to be able to have a job and all that. Mm-hmm. When you've covered everything, then what do you do? Because it is a bit of a vice, as I said. I know that, like, it's a release of some sort. I don't get it, but. Have your uh, have uh, uh, your least favorites removed painfully and at great expense to clear a little uh, space for a new one, I guess. People who look good look great with tattoos. <laughs> right, it's like clothes. Yeah, people who don't. Old, don't. old, old Adam Levine from uh, Maroon 5. He'd look great not tattooed. Yeah, I saw, I saw John Mayer sleeve the other day doing Dead & Company. I thought, that looks cool on him. Would not look the same way on me. No. 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 Um, Trump pardoned someone. He teased it a lot yesterday. He said a big pardon coming today. People were wondering if it was going to be Rod Blagojevich. That was big talk on the cable news channels. Or what, is he, what unholy thing is Trump going to do? So he did that this, t- today, and we'll tell you about that later. Also, got another note on the whole uh, distance learning, how it's going for their kid. See if it uh see if you can relate at all. Oh, and a first person tale of Ellen Horror. Oh really? Okay. Yes. Ellen Horror. <laughs> I might overstate it a little, but uh, oh, geez. show business. All on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A woman in Alaska gave birth mid-flight last week while flying to the hospital and named her son Sky. No fair, that's way cooler than my story, said his older brother, Arby. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Why the Arby bashing? Hmm. Another one of our Arby's that we like to go to close down, and I blame late night comics. (laughs) That's too bad. The relentless punishing of Arby's. Oh, um, so fine meaty sandwiches. So Trump, being a showman, uh, teased late in the day yesterday that he was going to announce a major pardon today. And, you know, he pardoned Roger Stone a couple of weeks ago, and I got a lot of attention. And obviously Flynn um, commuted his sentence, I guess. So people were speculating Rod Blagojevich or... Uh, Roger Stone. Who was, who was the old guy who used to work with Ukraine? Had the oh, Manafort. Suits, Manafort. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Interesting Senate uh, panel report just came out. Said Manafort was just dirty as can be. <laughs> he looks dirty. Yeah, I know. Uh, what was the but joke? But it wasn't him? Oh, go ahead. The joke from Saturday Night Live. Colin Jost. Paul Manafort, who looks like he woke up divorced. <laughs> I just <laughs> thought that was funny. Um, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, uh, President Trump. Pardoned Susan B. Anthony, the great fighter for the right to vote. So finally she can be let out of jail. 
She apparently a long sentence serving a hundred and forty year sentence. <laughs> she apparently attempted to vote in eighteen seventy seven or something like that and got mm. arrested for it. And so Trump on the this today the one hundred year anniversary of women officially getting the right to vote. Trump pardoned Susan B. Anthony. Finally, uh, justice. Maybe that means something to she you. She can rest in peace. I personally, if every time I come across one of her family members, I I hound them. For being the descendants of a convict. <laughs> hey, try not Funny. to break the law today like your great-great-grandmother, idiot. Who cares? <laughs> People are no longer watching the news, which makes me wonder how we're supposed to craft this show. But 60% of people say they no longer watch the nightly news, whatever that means. Well, we try not to be crappy at it. That's the problem. The news, it's, it's either bias, so biased you can't watch it. Or it's so dumbed down you can't watch it? Or or just, it's so stress-inducing. Yeah, doom-scrolling. Yeah. Have you considered being good at your jobs? But right. I, <laughs> I take in... If you'd have told me a year ago, uh, biggest financial calamity, health calamity, race calamity, perhaps ever, certainly of the last century, I would have thought I'd be taking in more news than normal. Mm-hmm. I'm taking in less news than I used to take in. For the reasons you just mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Pretty widespread, though, huh? That attitude? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So Interesting. It is interesting. So Al Anonymous uh, wrote us a note about Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres. Back in 1991, I was working in Buckhead, Georgia. I love love that part of Georgia. Uh, At a funny bone, headlining Wednesday and Thursday... Then doing the middle set before Ellen Friday and Saturday. So that's a pretty good gig. Um, I was told, do not speak with her. Do not look at her. And as soon as your set is done, go to the green room and stay there until my next set. So, yes, she was odd. <laughs> right out. So her saying, so she came out yesterday and said, I, I don't know who came up with this. Don't look at me. Don't talk to me. Look at me. Talk to me whenever you want. I didn't ever say that to anybody. So that guy. In 1991, I was told not to speak with her, not to look at her as soon as my set was done. Go to the green so room that's and when stay there. She was just a stand up comic. That was before she even had her TV show. I believe so. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Whatever. Okay. A lot of creative people are, are a little bit crazy or a lot crazy. Um. My kid can't handle remote learning, and neither can I, writes this parent. Emily Gould, author and essayist. I can be an author and essayist today. I don't know. I don't know her. Maybe she's a big deal. Um, But what she had to say about her son going to school, uh, I thought, resonated. I'm dreading the fall. Uh, School is likely to be remote. Um, To say last year didn't go well would be an understatement. Yeah, that's what I've heard a lot. Um, my husband and I tried to make it work, blah, blah, blah. School was a lifeline to normalcy, normalcy we were clinging to. We eventually scaled back, but this year we were hoping for more. Um, it took so much out of my son doing the online learning and so much out of all of us, even when it went okay. It seemed to use up all of our being agreeable energy of the day, leaving us to deal with what remained. Wow. That's, that's a some first, good writing. That's the first person I've heard say that. That is absolutely the situation we had. It, like, used up all your family dynamic energy of the day 
was getting him logged in, dealing with that, you know, trying to get the homework to the right Google site and right. everything like that. Well, and in short, you spent all your patience on that. Yeah, and and, yeah, and, and his with us. Yeah. So instead of them being at school and they come, how was school? And you kind of start fresh with your dynamic between the two of you. You're like exhausted with each other before you even get halfway through the day. Right. Right. It's, it, that's definitely a different situation. This is, in a weird way, uh, one of the reasons that I lean toward conservatism. It's that things have been tried for thousands of years and have been found to work. And you don't abandon them quickly based on some guy's new theory. For instance, children have been gathering together to learn from time immemorial. And I'm thinking about it, and, and the more I think about it, the more obvious it becomes. You're sitting there in the classroom. You don't particularly want to be there sitting, and the teacher, you got to concentrate, and maybe you don't love learn what you're learning. But the energy of being around your peers, and the looks you exchange, and the giggles, and knowing uh, soon you'll be out at recess or whatever, that's what makes learning okay for kids. But they're at home staring at a screen. It's It's all... Just tiring and, 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 and patience attacks. Uh, well, I'll read this on their young son. It, it's a young kid. But when I imagine the worst case scenario for my son in the fall, I see the kind of operatic tantrum that leaves the apartment trashed and everyone's nerves shot like what happened daily last spring. When I imagine the best case scenario, I see a kid who has fought and lost, who's gritting his teeth through a required task because we've promised him fruit snacks. Hardly uh, horrifying, but definitely sad. Yeah, that's pretty much the online learning experience. Hardly horrifying, but definitely sad. And kids are hardly affected by the vid at all. Okie doke. Armstrong and Getty.